Review and Herald, July 2nd, 1901 Working in Christ's Lines The very first lesson for the Christian to learn is that God has given to every man his work, even a part to act in his great plan for the uplifting of humanity. Each one has his appointed post of duty. Not one has been left out. Christ has linked together the human and the divine. On this earth, in the garb of humanity, he lived the life he desires his children to live, a life of unselfish service. He is our pattern. He says to us, Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Some work in the ministry, some in various trades, but all, whatever their work, may do service for God. He who gives himself unreservedly to the Savior serves him with a devotion which calls for the energies of the whole being. He realizes that Christ is his owner, and this knowledge makes him kind, gentle, and courteous. His every act is an act of consecration. Holiness to the Lord is his motto. Christ is training him for the courts above. In his wonderful prayer for his disciples, the Savior said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. The word of God is the great medium of sanctification. By studying and practicing this word, we receive power to glorify God. But the word cannot strengthen those who do not receive it by faith. As we daily partake of food that we may be strong physically, so, if we would be strong spiritually, we must eat the word, making it a part of ourselves. For their sakes I sanctify myself, Christ continued, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. If those who claim to be the children of God would make determined efforts to answer this prayer, they would be one with Christ and with their brethren. Then Christianity would be a power in the world convicting and converting sinners. Then men would be given unmistakable evidence of the power of the gospel. God's people should draw together in even cords, for in their unity lies their strength. They are weak when they love themselves more than Christ and their brethren. When they work unselfishly, each striving to help the other, and to build up the work in the great harvest field, they will lead men to believe that God has indeed sent his Son into the world. Come out from among them, and be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. This is the message we are to proclaim. False religions must be exposed, that the truth may triumph. In this work the contest is unceasing. 
earnest and untiring efforts must be made if those who are fighting against God lay down their arms and acknowledge the truth as it is in Jesus. Truth is to be presented in clear, straight lines, and those to whom the light has come are to help in this work. Obligations are mutual. If God has done such a great work in our behalf, should we not be willing to make sacrifices to help Him in the work? God's work has an eternal significance. Eternity is bound up with the ever-present now. Everywhere, every moment, let the worker for God link the seen with the unseen, that his faith may be complete. The Lord says, Time is mine, the minutes, the hours, are my property, and those in my service should work faithfully and willingly, bringing love into all their service. As they labor to the best of their ability, I will labor with them. The world is dead in trespasses and sins. Prepare the way for the warning message to be proclaimed. Call for laborers. I will enable them to work for me with definite results. Only those who are fully consecrated, who realize the sacredness of God's work, can labor successfully for Him. Not all who claim to be Christ's disciples are disciples indeed. The Savior is grieved when men work against His plans. His work calls for entire consecration. He can cooperate with those only who have a right understanding of the work he wishes to accomplish and who submit willingly to his control. The way for Christ's coming is to be prepared. In this sacred work, no worldly schemes or practices are to be adopted. Those who work for the Lord should labor diligently and self-sacrificingly. Christ gave himself for us and he calls for workers who will share in his self-denial. Let us remember that we are working for the Master above, not for ourselves, and that we can make the way easy for him to accomplish his work in the world. He foresees all the possibilities before those who work unselfishly. He, the divine worker, calls his followers together and makes a covenant with them promising that they shall be abundantly blessed if they work as he worked to make his cause a success in the world. We know not when the Master will come to settle the accounts of his servants. Let us be always prepared to meet him in peace. The probation of any one of us may cease in a moment. Death by accident may suddenly and unexpectedly close our earthly history. How stands our life record today?